0: Welcome to the Ferris Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. This week, we're talking with Kendra Tierney, the founder of Catholic All Year. Welcome, Kendra. Thanks so much for having me. Yep, yeah, we're excited for this conversation to learn a little bit more about your business, but then also incorporating these Catholic practices into your family life. So why don't we actually start by telling us a little bit about what Catholic All Year is, what it's all about, and then we'll, we'll dive into all the little nitty gritty.
1: Yeah, so Catholic all year. The idea behind it is uh, that is using the liturgical calendar as sort of a framework and an inspiration for uh, bringing Catholic traditions and uh, and uh, Catholic traditional practices into your home. And also it's, it's been sort of an easy, sneaky way to, to, uh, you know, learn about the lives of the saints, Mm -hmm. church doctrine, the history of the Holy family and the early church, all of those things are baked right into the liturgical calendar in a way that really I've found in my family makes it, um, so easy to incorporate into our family life. So the idea is, you know, how how can we make this a little bit easier for families to do? Because I know there's a lot of sort of mom guilt out there. Like, what should I be teaching my kids? How mm-hmm. could I even go about that? So many of us weren't raised with these practices, or a lot of catechism, and uh, and you know, it can feel really overwhelming. So uh, that was the situation I found myself in, and and using the liturgical calendar was. I I guess, a literal godsend, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, you know, for our family.
0: I love that. So tell me, why did you even like when you were first starting this, like, why did you feel it was important to kind of incorporate these Catholic practices into your family life so that for those who are like, oh, well, like, yeah, like we do some of those things, but it doesn't seem as important. So why was it so important for you?
1: Yeah. So it, it really started, it, it it didn't start in my family until my oldest son was really old enough to start asking questions about things. Mm-hmm. And while I was raised Catholic, um, and, uh, my late husband and I both were raised Catholic, but without these sort of, um, liturgical living practices and, and anything like that. Um, but you know, we decided, all right, I, I need to figure out how I can answer my son's questions because I I I didn't know the answers to his questions. And so I started just doing research and reading books and listening to podcasts and things like that, trying to figure out, you know, how I could increase my own understanding of the, of the Catholic faith. Cause I had decided I believed in it, but, um, but I hadn't really taken the time to, you know, to dive deeper and really educate myself about it. And my kids have been, that that inspiration that that i that apparently god knew i needed you know to to learn these things and as i decided you know we want to learn how to do the hard stuff i want my kids to be able to say the rosary i want us to really observe lent i want um you know i i want them to sit quietly in in mass and sure and as but you know and that was really my focus like how can we how can we do this harder <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and And as I researched the, you know, the Catholic faith and Catholic traditions, I realized there was this whole beautiful, joyful, sometimes macabre, sometimes silly Mm -hmm. um, side of the church that I had no idea existed. And I was aware that, that fasting days existed. And I knew that, you know, we hadn't really observed those in my family growing up. So, you know, I wanted to do that but I had no idea about the feast that came after them. I just didn't even, you know, I knew about Christmas and Easter, but um, but trying to learn the hard stuff, I realized there was this whole world mm-hmm. of, of days that were meant to teach us and that were meant to be celebrated in families, in communities, and in in many cases in, you know, entire uh countries um Mm -hmm. and and all over the world so learning learning that it it really opened my eyes to Mm -hmm. to what really is our cultural inheritance as Catholics and Mm -hmm. this beautiful depth to to the Catholic faith and how it really um it really is set up Mm -hmm. to help us learn about and share and enjoy the faith and, and learning about, about the faith. And so it really, you know, for me, it started with my kids Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, it, it, it was, it was just a beautiful way to, you know, tie things like meals and, and conversations to things that have, that other Catholics have also celebrated all over the world and for thousands of years. And mm-hmm. and to me, that just lends weight to how important the the Catholic faith is and how we, you know, how we share it with, with uh, you know, with Catholics all over the world now and throughout time.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that idea of the cultural inheritance, because it's true. I, I feel like sometimes we think about that a lot when it comes to like the Jewish faith, that they have a lot of those kind of, and some other cultures too, but like, we do in, in the Catholic faith have this very rich inheritance that we have from, you know, 2000 years plus, like thinking, th- thinking about that and then incorporating that into your family is so beautiful. Um, tell me a little bit. So then in the nitty gritty, like, what does this look like for your family in general? Right? Like, how are you doing this? How are you incorporating this in? Yeah. So
1: for us, it's really based around the dinner table. Yeah. Because I always tell people, you know, if you want to do this, it's a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. an, and so it requires uh, some lifestyle changes and some time to adopt and get used to. But the easiest way to incorporate a new lifestyle is to take things that you're doing anyway and tweak mm-hmm. them, you know, sure. to fit this new way yep. of approaching things. So for us, that's family dinners. For other people, it might be, you know, maybe you have a habit of going out to dinner. Maybe you have, maybe you do a lot of outings. Maybe you do a lot of crafts. Maybe Mm -hmm. you sing uh, or play music and all of those things. The Catholic Church is set up for all of that. (laughs) All Mm -hmm. of those things have, you know, can be tweaked to reflect the liturgical season or particular Saints Day's for us, it's really food and specifically family dinners. So, um, so what it looks like sort of on a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week basis is that when I'm planning meals for the week, Mm -hmm. I just look at our wall calendar. We have that. We just keep hanging on the wall and, um, and it'll tell me what saints days are coming up Mm -hmm. and I can decide, oh, all right. You know, how does that work with like football games and volleyball practice. And, you know, when are we all going to be home? When am I going to be, you know, taking things to go? Or so which of these days will we be home? And I can plan on doing a meal that's traditionally associated with that saint or the country that we associate with the saint. And sometimes, you know, it can be really easy. Like, hey, the Feast of the Mexican Martyrs, we're going to have tacos or Mm -hmm. have spaghetti for one of the many, many, many Italian saints. Um, or, you know, something fun like, uh, St. Francis Cabrini um, is, is coming up and, you know, you could pick any number of, of things for her because she lived in Italy and then she lived in New York and then she lived in Chicago. My kids, you know, we we like to have Chicago hot dogs and, uh, that's a great excuse for that. And it, it, you know, it's that nudge for me to be a little more interesting in my, you know, in my family meals and I was going to cook dinner anyway. So mm. if I can just, you know, plan out, if I can step back and and uh, get ahead of the planning a little bit, mm-hmm. and really, like, I am not a planner aheader. it is a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it, if I can get out ahead of it just a little bit, then I can make a meal that we were, we're going to like, and, <laughs> and it's going to inspire conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it really comes down to, it, you know, and sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's a silly food pun, like St. Thomas s'mores. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, or sometimes, you know, I didn't get around to making a, a family meal and, and maybe we'll just get dessert because we know that it's a, a feast day that we care about. And that works better because we have, we mostly don't have desserts on days that we don't celebrate feast days. Mm-hmm. So that it really, get, it gives the kids that positive reinforcement. They're like, what saint is it today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, so for us, it's around the dinner table, we pick a meal, we have people over when we can. And, and then we just talk about like this, you know, why did I make this meal? How is this associated with the saint? We Mm -hmm. talk about the life of the saint. Um, I have, I've got two books. The first one is the Catholic all year compendium. And in this one, I have sort of stories and the history behind about a hundred different feast days. Mm -hmm. And, and so I look at this book, you know, ahead of time, remind myself, um, you know, what, what that story is so that I can tell my kids. And then this book is really, I I, I say that that one, that book is, is more for moms or whoever is doing the meal planning and activity planning in your house. And then this one is more for dads. This is a prayer companion, because Mm -hmm. it's food, prayer and conversation are really the like sort of three tent poles mm-hmm. of of this practice so that one has the prayer and you know some ideas for conversation and then this one is the prayers um and it's for those the same feasts. in the other book mm-hmm. there are some really neat prayers and devotional practices that are spe- that are associated with different seasons liturgical seasons and particular feces different devotions at a particular saint mm-hmm. um promoted or had a you know had a personal devotion to mm-hmm. so and there's too many of them to get to on okay. any particular day we know that right it's it's the, the what is that word? when it's you know you just have too many choices to decide yep. there's too many beautiful prayers and devotions we couldn't get to them every day so you just sort of throw your head up hands up like mm-hmm. all right um, maybe i'll say you know the blessing before meals i can get to that sure. but um, but you know, you feel overwhelmed. And again, that's where the liturgical calendar s- swoops in to help because we can try these different things. We can, we can mm-hmm. do a litany on the day that it's recommended. We can incorporate, you know, if you're just starting novenas, do the, do the um, you know, novena to the Holy spirit. That was the very first one. See, if you manage that or the novena before Christmas is so, so beautiful. Um, and so again, it's, it's this it's this framework, it's this little plan that that the Catholic Church created for us mm-hmm. so that we can learn these things. And some of these prayers and devotions, over time you'll realize, hey, these work really well with our family. And some of them you're like, yeah, I don't really get where you're where Saint whoever was coming on that one. That didn't really resonate with me and my family. And so then we'll put that away and, you know, we'll probably do it next year. Um, but we won't you know, try to incorporate it into, Mm -hmm. you know, into our daily family prayers. Um, But yeah, so that's, that's really, that's really what it looks like. And, (laughs) and the beauty of the liturgical calendar is that when seasons get really busy, when, you know, everybody's got sports and we, and some things get skipped, um, you know, two things is you'll notice that the church moves, moves feast days when, when these days conflict with, with another thing, it's an important day, they'll move it. Mm-hmm. We can do that too. <laughs> mm. And then the other thing is if, if you can't, um, it, you know, when, when things get skipped, they come around the next year mm-hmm. and there's That's no cool. judgment. And your little calendar doesn't say anything to you about it. They just say, here we are again this year. Let's yep. try again. You know, I love um, that. your kids, when you start doing things, they will remind you. You do oh. it one time; it's an unbreakable family tradition. But, um, but that yeah, all really,
0: different family traditions. Um, I'm curious too, beyond like the saint days that are coming up and that kind of thing. What about the like different liturgical seasons in the sense of like Advent or Lent? Do you have different things that you do for the family during those periods as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and I think that those are are a good place to start. If Mm -hmm. you, you know, if you haven't done any of this before Mm -hmm. Advent is the beginning of the liturgical year and it starts um, in the beginning of December, sometimes end of November. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's when the liturgical year starts. So it's a really good time to Mm -hmm. start a new, you know, start new family traditions, but yeah, there are, there are lots of, of practices and and traditions that are associated with entire seasons. I really like um, that that different liturgical seasons have sort of a different built-in character to them and that it allows us to focus sort of our ourselves and our own devotions in that sort of particular character. So we don't want to go around moping and focusing on our sin all the time. But we do want to do that during Lent, and (laughs) and and we don't want to, you know, cast everything off and celebrate all year long. But we do want to do that during Easter, and so the church gives us these little, you you know, these windows, and some of them are nice and long, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, in in order to really focus our devotions. There's also monthly devotions, uh, like for instance, October is the month of the Holy Rosary. So if you're not if you haven't been doing a regular rosary, you know, try it for the rest of the month. And then something that's so important, like praying for the Holy souls, you know, we should all be doing that every day. Do we? Probably not. But there's November and we can focus on it on November. Um, the character of Advent is one really of of preparation. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love having that time and slowing it down. And rather than, you know, the secular culture rushes right in to into Christmas, you know, maybe you get till Thanksgiving, it seems like Halloween, and then straight to Christmas Mm -hmm. now. But that's not the traditional Catholic practice. The traditional Catholic practice is this sort of slow and steady building Mm -hmm. toward all the way throughout Advent towards Christmas. And I like that that gives us time and you know, that you don't have to be all ready to go. You can add things. And and I think that's really in keeping with the character of Advent is to decorate slowly, Mm -hmm. add things slowly to, um, to, you know, take time to do little projects with the kids, things that I know I don't usually get to during the year, but all right, it's Advent, we'll sit down and we'll cut out snowflakes and we'll hang them up or, you know, things like that. Again, the liturgical calendar gives us that support, mm-hmm. that nudge makes me a little bit better mom. <laughs> uh, because it doesn't feel like this forever thing. It's, it's one month, I can mm-hmm. do crafts with the kids this month. <laughs> you know, And that's, you know, that's another of that's that gift of the liturgical calendar.
0: Sure. For a family who's like, ooh, I kind of want to start incorporating this. You had mentioned maybe starting with Advent because that's a -hmm. a perfect time. But do you have other kind of advice or tips for people who are trying to, you know, start bringing this into their family life?
1: Right. Absolutely. And if you look at a liturgical wall calendar, you will see, wow, there are so many feast days and some of them are right next to each other. I couldn't do this. Um, And so the feast days that are most important to the universal church are... Mm -hmm the solemnities and the holy days of obligation. So you could start with those. But what I recommend is actually not starting with the feast days that are most important to the universal church, but starting with the feast days that are most important to your family. Because as I mentioned at the beginning, it was my kids that Mm -hmm. really got me motivated to learn this stuff and start doing it. They're the ones who remind me of things that we've done before, they're the ones who, you know, remind me of recipes that I said I wanted to try or we did once before. Um, But so to, uh, I think the most successful for people that I've talked to way to start is with what I like to call the three special days. And every kid in the family has three special days. One's your birthday, you're probably already celebrating that. So give yourself a check, you're already doing it. Um, and then the second is baptism anniversaries, hmm. because if we believe what we say, we believe about baptism, that's much more important than your birthday in hmm. an eternal sense. So I'm not saying don't not celebrate birthdays. We're glad you were born, but we also have to celebrate baptism anniversaries. If we're going to be consistent, if we're going to be, you know, if we're, and, and it's really a way to let your actions mm-hmm. speak because if, if we believe that that baptism is so important, like it proves that to our children when we pay attention to it and they get a dessert, you know? Um, and so baptism, birthday, baptism, anniversary, and then name day. Hmm. Um, so, you know, we chose names for our kids that are meaningful and, and in many cases those names are shared by a saint and, uh, some of us, like my first name is Kendra and there is not a canonized saint named Kendra so far. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, I, so I use my, um, you know, you can use your middle name. You can use a patron. I use my confirmation saint. Mm-hmm. Um, and so birthday, name day uh, and baptism anniversary. And that's a good way to start By, you know, sort of an inward focus on your family. Your kids are going to be excited about it. And we're going to learn important Catholic truths, important doctrinal truths about Mm -hmm. what does baptism mean. We're going to talk about it. We're going to learn about our patron saints and what it means to have a patron saint, what it means to ask for the intercession of a saint. It's just, it's a really good starter. And Mm -hmm. you can go as big or as simple as you want, especially for baptism anniversaries. I really like having a baptism bringing out their baptism candles. Oh. I keep them all in a drawer in the dining room mm-hmm. and we pull out the baptism candle. Uh, we renew our baptismal promises and there's actually a plenary indulgence in, uh, uh, available for renewing your baptism anniversary, uh, baptismal promises on the uh, anniversary of your baptism. So it's something that the church officially encourages and recommends mm-hmm. um, that, that we do. So uh, we pull out the baptism candle and if you don't still have your baptism candle, that's okay. Any candle works, um, in our shop, uh, at, at Catholic all year, we, we sell one, we sell a three special days candle specifically for moms who can't track, keep track of baptism. Candle. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we pull out the baptism candle, we light it, we renew our baptismal promises, uh, mm-hmm. dad or other head of the household wings, everybody with holy water. It's very fun and kid uh uh blows out the candle we sing for he's a jolly good fellow or for she's a jolly good fellow um and you know it's very simple i also uh usually let the kid pick whatever um on, on any of their three special days you get to pick what we have for dinner mm-hmm. and if it's an organized week where i looked at my calendar and i did my meal planning you know you can pick from anything at the grocery store If I did not plan ahead, then you get to pick from anything we have in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we, and then we have a dessert, but, um, but, you know, it's, it's little things like that where our actions really show those closest to us, because I think that as moms, we have this apostolate to our families, right? Like we, we can show them what, what's important by, by, you know, what we make a big deal out of in our homes. So starting with those three days, um, I think, I think works well. And then, you know, if you've managed that, add some of those seasonal practices and Mm -hmm. then start adding, you know, little finding little family traditions here and there that seem manageable to you that you can do for those, you know, for those other big feast days.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And I would imagine, you know, every family is different. And so there's probably certain, tradition, certain things that are going to resonate more with one family versus another, right? Maybe some really love novenas and they get really into that. And others are like, there's no way for nine days I can make them all like pray this or whatever. Right. So how do you suggest people kind of go about figuring out which practices are really going to be best for their family and are really going to help their children and themselves kind of grow spiritually?
1: Yeah. And again, I think that the key is taking things that you're already doing that doing and tweaking them. If you're a family who spends a lot of time in the car, Mm-hmm. that is a, a really great captive space where, where you can do things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there are, you know, like I said, you can keep the prayer companion. I mean, it's going to require there to be a driver and somebody can, who can read in your car. <laughs> um, but, um, but you know, you can open up to that day's feast day and do the prayers that are in there in the car. You can, there's also, in addition to you know the monthly cycle of of the liturgical calendar and prayers, there's also a tradition in the Catholic Church of of sort of a daily plan of life. And mm-hmm. so there's a morning offering. There's a guardian angel prayer that you can do uh, in the morning, and my kids and I do that in the car on the way to school.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: uh, the Angelus, which is traditionally prayed at noon, and I have a an alarm on my phone with church bells that and we stop whatever we do we're doing and that's that's why I love you know because we're trained now to respond to our phones right and but the tradition of the Angelus is that church bells would ring in the town and everybody would hear them and you would immediately stop work. What you stop whatever you're doing and you stand up and say the Angelus. And again it's just that little those little reminders throughout the day. You know and then where we uh, we uh, do an act of contrition in the evening not that's that one not usually in the car but uh, <laughs> you know but uh, just to look at where you know where in my life where are things that I'm that I'm doing anyway that um, you know that that would make in, you know launching you know this this new lifestyle not seem quite so intimidating. And really to start small and Mm -hmm. to not worry if it takes a long time to, to get these practices sort of solidified. And for me, I mean, it, it took years, um, things that, you know, that, that seemed completely nuts to me at the beginning, like waiting to get our Christmas tree until Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. I was like, no way am I going to do that. But that is, that's the traditional Catholic mm-hmm. practice that, you know, slowly adding things throughout Advent uh, to, uh, you know, to decorating the house. And the culmination of that is on Christmas Eve, you you put up the Christmas tree. It took years of thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it before I finally did that. And, you know, other Lenten practices that that, that we started really slow on and now seem very you know my kids are just expecting them i'm expecting them we don't um you know and, and we still suffer them a little but we're not surprised by them and and i think that taking a long term vision a long term approach and giving yourself a lot of grace especially in seasons of you know pregnancy and new babies and family illness and you know moving and job changes and all those things those are going to make it more difficult to practice liturgical living in the home, but not impossible. And, and I think that, um, you know, just choosing things that, that specifically resonate with you, you know, like you said, reading, you know, if you, if you read through the book or you, you know, look on my blog, or if you just, there's plenty of, of people doing things on, you know, Pinterest and Instagram Mm -hmm. of liturgical living in the home. And if you see something and you're like, wow, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. I think I'd
1: like that try that one, you know, and, and see how it goes with your family.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you can share with us a little bit, like the difference you saw, or maybe that you've heard from other people who are kind of living this way, like before and after, right? Like how has that contributed to kind of the quality of your family life?
1: Yeah, I think that the main, the main places where, um, where it affected us. And I hear this from other people too, are like, we're the, the catechesis part, you know that that um, you can see that because we're going to be talking about um, about the lives of the saints. We're going to be talking about church doctrine. We're going to be talking about church history, but then um, also the you know the the Catholic culture and the strong family identity. And mm-hmm. so you know, like we were talking before, it's this cultural inheritance piece, mm-hmm. and um, and what we want is is for our kids to have a Catholic identity mm-hmm. and I have been you know giving talks on on liturgical living in the home for 10 or 12 years now mm-hmm. and when I started doing it that word identity wasn't so loaded right mm-hmm. but <laughs> we but we understand now that that kids of today want to to feel like they belong to something. They want to belong to a group. Mm -hmm. And let's help them. (laughs) Let's help them have that feeling. Let's help them understand that, yes, you are part of this group. You are Catholic and you have songs and you have heroes and you have Mm -hmm. foods. You have, you know, all all of these things. You are part of Mm -hmm. this this group and it has a lot of cool stuff that Mm -hmm. you get to be a part of and it requires some things that are challenging some things that are hard that we can you know do together in community and we can maybe you know complain about just a little bit (laughs) um and and then we have these great fun parts of it that you know that we get to celebrate together and and even, you know, even if that is just within your family, but hopefully it's also, you know, hopefully your, your kids have good Catholic friends that you have community at your church, at your school, um, so that your kids' friends are also celebrating feast days. And if they're not yet, you know, pick your couple favorite and start having parties and inviting people over um, so that, you know, hopefully you can influence they're the you know the the family cultures of the people who are around you, because you know we we want when when we find something that we love, we want to share it with other people, right? So it's that um strong uh, that that Catholic identity and then and that strong family culture
0: because
1: mm-hmm. you know, when 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 I first started doing this, um, I, it, it really it made me realize, wow, our family does things differently than, mm-hmm. than other families. And it's important that, you know, in this, in the climate that it has pleased God to have us live in. Um, and you know, every age has had its own challenges for families and, you know, I don't have to deal with wolves, but you know, I, I have to deal with other things. Um, and, and so what I want is my kids to know that tyrannies do things the tyranny way Mm. and they have no expectation that we would do what everybody's doing Mm. and and the the liturgical calendar has been a big part of that that Mm. you know tyrannies don't uh you know tyrannies don't eat meat on fridays Mm -hmm. most other people do even other catholics that we do that we know do but tyrannies don't and Mm -hmm. little things like that you know, uh, help strengthen, I think our family in order, that, you know, so that my kids understand, okay, I can look at the world. I can see what the world is consuming, what the world is doing. And I can realize like, I have a choice. I don't have to do that. I have a choice to, you know, choose how I'm going to behave in a, in a particular situation. And I think that having that strong family culture really helps our kid helps to strengthen our kids for all of the choices that they are going to be presented. And they're not going to feel like, oh, we just drift along with whatever the tide is, because they've grown up in a family where we did things that were different from our neighbors, different from our friends. And, and, and I want them to be aware of it, so that they can use that in uh you know as as they're facing choices in their lives and again just hanging a liturgical calendar up on our kitchen wall is where this all started Mm -hmm. you know just the free one that they hand out in November at church putting that up on the wall is where all of this really started with my family and you you know it's crazy to say like that you know their identity and their decision making you know came from that but I, I really think it
0: has Sure. I love this too, because I think, you know, you're, you're not going to see it now, but you know, in 20 years when they, all your kids are adults, right. And they're starting their own families. Like you'll probably start to see that they take a lot of these traditions that they learned in your home and they apply them to their families and all of that. I, most of my siblings are grown now. And one of the things that we always did when we were little kids is we would do a, a rosary pilgrimage during the month of May as a whole family. We always did it. Um, And like a couple of years ago, one of my brothers, who's like on his own, texted the whole family, was like, When are we doing the family Marian pilgrimage? And all of us were like, What? Like, cool. Like, yeah. and, you know, it's <laughs> so like it's become this thing now that even as adults, like we gather back together, we bring friends, they bring their spouses, their children, and like the whole family does the Marian pilgrimage. And so I think that's kind of part of the cool thing of putting this together is you're building these, you know, this foundation for your kids that they can bring to their families will bring to that you know that whole ripple effect is is beautiful
1: yeah and i i think that again you know finding finding the good things in the culture that we're in i would say that you know there there was this whole there there was a whole generation where the catholic church seemed to be really focused on sort of ecumenicalism like Mm -hmm. let's not you know let's not do those things that are troubling to our you know to our protestant brothers and sisters well, what's more in right now than weird? Weird is in, and Catholicism, like we can do weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I, let's keep Catholicism weird. Let's do those things mm-hmm. and and let's invite people to join us, you know, And we we do a family, one of our family advent traditions, well Christmas tradition, I guess, is on Christmas um, on Christmas Day, we do a family nativity play. And we put like, you know, costumes or t-shirts and, you know, you can wrap a turban t-shirt or where, you know, the, uh, the shepherds can, can wear it, uh, uh, you know, as a veil and a tunic. Um, and we, we invite, you know, my, uh, you know, we would invite like my late husband's colleagues, extended family members that are not, um, are not practicing anything neighbors, you know, my, uh, now my son's friends from college who don't have anywhere to go. We invite everyone. And then we just say, Hey, what we do now after dinner is a nativity play. Would you like to participate? And we've never had anybody say no. Mm -hmm. And it's hilarious and, and fun. And I think that it's little stuff like that, you know, that, that really can, as silly as it seems, it can reach hearts. And, um, and when people see the joy that is in us, you know, they want to know where that joy comes from, they want to, they want to learn more about it. And so I think that that's, that's what I was missing, you know, when I first started looking for this, is, is the, is the joy Mm -hmm. of that, that is, that is there in, in our Catholic faith. And, And so now that's what I want to do Is you know, is share that with, you know, with my family, with my neighbors, with the, my kids, friends, and, you know, in the whole world, because that's, that really is part of, of our Catholic faith.
0: Absolutely. I love this. This has been a great conversation and hopefully so helpful to all of our listeners. Um, If people want to find you or find out more about Catholic all year, where can they go?
1: Yeah. So uh, I, we're on Instagram. I'm Kendra underscore Tierney. We also have Catholic all year, uh, at Catholic all year, um, and at Catholic all year market, um, three different places. I'm on Facebook too, just once. Um, but, and the website is catholicallyear.com. Um, I've got the, those two books that I mentioned, we've got wall calendar. Um, we do, uh, we have a membership, which has, Different levels that are uh, that um, hopefully make it affordable for anybody to to give it a try. There's just a digital membership that lets you get access to recipes Mm. and printable activities and decor things that you can start incorporating. And then if you want to go a little bit, uh, if you want to go a little bit bigger, we've got um, you know you can get them in printed form. Or we also have a subscription box that allows you to get, you know, the supplies and that you need to celebrate three feast days in your home. So, uh, things uh, again, you know, recipes, home decor items, family, uh, family activities, crafts, foods. Um, nice. so that if, you know, cause I know for me, when I was first starting out, it was, You know, it it was intimidating to try to find like, all right, how do I put together these things? Mm -hmm. So even if you just get the boxes for a little while, just to sort of as training wheels where you can like, you know, here's how one family celebrates. Um, So I really um, encourage people to check that out. We also have lots of other stuff in our in our marketplace, but those subscription boxes are my favorite. Um, I really love putting those together and hope that they're, you know, helpful for for families who are just just starting out, or just want to keep it simple and not uh, not have to run out to the store for stuff.
0: Yeah, I imagine those would be really fun to put together. Oh, um, and the yeah.
1: other thing is, um, I, I there's a uh, if you have access to formed, which most people do through their parish. Um, we uh, I've got a, a show on forms if you want to look and see. All right, what does this really look like? Mm. Um, it's called Catholic All Year at Home, so you can see, um, you know, my kids and I making a mess in the kitchen and uh and uh, actually celebrating feast days
0: nice okay i love that We'll we'll link to all of that in the show notes as well so people can easily find that so Kendra, thank you so much for this conversation it was excellent yeah it was really fun thanks for listening to this episode of the ferris love podcast if you enjoyed it there are a few quick things you can do to support us share this episode with a friend subscribe to the podcast leave a review or visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org